Uh, welcome to another episode of Your Way with No Way. My name is No Way, and I'm so glad to be back on the show. I know I took a small break uh, for the Thanksgiving holidays, but I'm actually very excited to get back into it. And I have a really cool guest with me today. We're going back to music as the topic, and I have a very experienced producer, musician, just creator. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, DJ Local Amp, how are you, man? I'm doing good. Thank you for introducing me. That's a high title you're giving me, man, (laughs) (laughs) on that part. But yeah, so I'm DJ Local Amp, and um, uh, my name is Andy Perales. Uh, I've been producing about, I would say, about six, six to seven years already. I'm in the into hardcore hardstyle tracks producing wise still still an amateur in it but learning along the way i have met a couple of interesting people uh famous uh amateurs also indie artists in that field um so we usually contact back and forth to you know hit kind of get some lessons and everything else so I love this is like my podcast. I, I love having indie artists and having, you know, <laughs> I feel like the journey's just starting. The the creativity just have not been like, you know, sometimes like indulged or like affected by like uh the industry, you know, as like I like inviting people like you on the show that are just you oh, know thank you. love it. Thank you. Uh so local amp hard style DJ. Um, well, okay. I want to. Are you producer a DJ? What so you go by producer, right? I guess uh, I can go by producer sometimes DJ, but uh, DJ is just something to just kind of like goof around, kind of mm-hmm. like play some tracks here and there. But um, with all this. Um, copywritten stuff it's kind of getting a little difficult to kind of like dj on certain platforms but mm-hmm. i mean um i just like goof around just here and there just to try different tracks mix mixing wise but mostly i've been concentrating on producing making well, let's, tracks let's start from your beginnings uh uh do you i guess when did music enter your life? Do you remember when music entered your life? Um, when you well, start? so my primary instrument is uh, cello. So I'm actually a cello player. Uh, I started in fifth grade. There's here in San Antonio, we have our little uh, music programs. So uh, <laughs> my dad is actually a music teacher, and he's uh, he's he's been trying out different instruments and everything. He's a violinist. So um, uh, he wanted me to play violin. I kind of shot that down. I was like, no, I'm not going to play no violin. (laughs) So then he was like, well, I got to, you got to play something. So then I, then I said, okay. So he brought in a clarinet. I tried that for like, I think a couple of days. I was like, hey, dad, I, I, I think I like this. And he was like, hey, God. No band kid. I'm not gonna raise no band kid. Uh, <laughs> like, well, I guess uh, I guess I'm not gonna play clarinet. And then uh, uh, he brought home a cello, and I played around on that one. And then me and him were like, "Yeah, I think this this is this is a good way to start." So then, uh, fifth grade started a program, a string program, mm-hmm. and I was in it. I was like, I think the only cello player. And oh, wow. then um, sixth grade, when I got to sixth grade, that's when it kind of kicked off. That's where I started, uh, got a tutor and everything. And then I started started playing cello. That's my primary instrument. I played piano like here and there, but uh, cello is like my main primary instrument. And it just like progressed from sixth grade all the way up to my college college years. Yeah. What was the animosity there from your dad towards band? <laughs> uh, it, I don't know. He's just he's just basically like, no, nah, I'm not gonna raise no band kid. You don't have the <laughs> you don't have the lungs. You don't have the 
you don't have the lung power to do it. So I was like, <laughs> well, okay, all right. <laughs> just went with the flow with that one. And then yeah. uh, just it just went to cello, and then I just I was good at it and went from there. An orchestra elitist kind of deal. <laughs> <laughs> And then you also went to college, and that's where I actually met you. We met yes, in college. Yes, yes, we met in college, yes. Yeah, and so you're very professionally, well, at least highly educated when it comes to music than most people. Yes, yeah. Well, I've been uh, surrounded with a, lo- a bunch of uh, music, music players, especially my dad. My dad's a mm-hmm. mariachi director here in San Antonio, so I have oh, wow. some background in like you know how mariachi players play what they do um from there it kind of progressed into creativity wise um because my dad also wanted me to kind of join the mariachi groups kind of that music i did mm-hmm. it for a couple couple of months but then i was like i i, I don't think i can i don't I don't think I have the drive to do this. So yeah. it was like, you do whatever you can. Just, just you know, this could also be like, you know, just a backup plan just in case because you, you know it already. So um, so I know mariachi music. and um, But yeah, I've been surrounded by a, a, a lot of people who are musically background. And um Dr. Dowdy, Dr. Dowdy is one of them. He's yeah. one of my dad's best friends, and he's my best friend too. Um, he's uh, very well educated in music theory, music compositions. I mean, he's he knows it all. And, yeah. Um, um, tutors. I had a bunch of cello tutors with different theories on how to play. Uh, some of them were good. Some of them were like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I kind of questioned some of them. They they were good players, but they weren't good uh good teachers. <laughs> <laughs> and so later now, when does when does DJ Local Amp like come out like of the how shadows? Did, how did how did it how did uh, it start? Yeah. Well <laughs> it kind of started in um I think in high school, I was kind of like self-discovering like what type of other music is out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of dabbling into like, you know, I, I, I like techno. I liked anything like, you know, bass wise and electronic stuff and everything. So mm-hmm. Like well, um, some other uh, European. DJs started, you know, kind of learning it out of mostly it was trance techno music first. And then I didn't get into the nitty gritty. Hard stuff in, I think my senior year in high school, and then that's where I kind of progressed into like, I want to learn it. I want to learn how to produce it. I want to learn how to how you make that. How 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 you do that? Started mixing my own tracks. I would you know burn burn some music, and then I had like a rinky dinky software. Uh, you know, some kind of wire, yeah, kind of <laughs> line wire, and then uh, some other rinky dinky software. I kind of bought it too. It was like, uh, like seventy five bucks or something. It was a CD. I think I still have it, but um, yeah, I started with that, and then I started mixing some tracks. I would burn them. And then I would put them on my car, and then some of my friends were like, "Hey, that's pretty cool. I never heard this." And then I was like, "Yeah, this is this and everything else." And then uh, that was my senior year. And then when I got to college, um, that's when I started really exploring 
that's when I started getting into like producing wise. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, excuse me. So I uh, bought my first FL Studios. Uh, it was a demo. Mm-hmm. And um, I was kind of new at it. And I was like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. Um, how did they get the kick? How you distort the kick? So nobody really showed me. So I kind of like had to learn it myself, self-taught mm-hmm. almost. And um, and then it kind of progressed. And so I was like, well, I'm going to buy the real thing. I'm going to buy the real doll. I bought the, uh, I did the demo. Now I think I can muster up uh, to the big, big boy. Yeah, or the big boy pants. So that's why they, that's why they did. So I bought the, like the lower level ninety nine dollar FL Studios. Started progressing in my playing and uh, producing, and then finally, that's when I think that's when I was really getting into the hardcore genre of music. And I was like, okay, I really want to learn <laughs> this because. I like how they did the kick. I like how they did the, you know, it's very fast, very uh, energetic music. So I was like, yeah, I can get into this. I can do this. I can really do this. So then uh, I was just like doing my best trying to figure that out. But, you know, nobody helps you. You kind of like have to self self teach yourself and kind of find it on YouTube and find (laughs) those guys. You know, they're they're explaining it, but then they have the plugin that's almost like a hundred dollars, and you're uh, like a <laughs> first time a college student. Uh, commu- I was in community college, so I was like, I, I don't even have the money for mm-hmm. that. Uh, I'm gonna just concentrate on school. But I mean, man, some of the plugins back then were like stupid high, and uh, so. But once I now I have a job and everything else. Uh, now I can afford those those plugins. <laughs> but I've been progressively getting good at the 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 kicks, the getting into the hardcore, meeting new people in that uh, hardcore community. Um, can so, you yeah, explain? Kinda... Okay, can you explain what a kick is? Uh, you mentioned that a lot. So, uh, in in hearts. I'm probably going to, whoever's listening to this, they're probably going to shoot me down for this, but this is all (laughs) like self-taught wise. Mm -hmm. But I mean, uh, a kick is a regular kick, you know, like a 909 or 808 kick, a standard or um, bass drum kick. You know how you have the bass drum kick and then when the guy hits the the pedal, you get that, (laughs) that thump. Yeah. Uh, so that is basically what I'm referring to kick. So mm-hmm. it can be acoustic, it can be anything. But in this genre, you basically distort it, kind of uh, make it gnarly almost. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a bunch of distortion, bunch of EQing, and you just make it as gnarly as possible. Uh, just with that one kick. And then you uh, bounce it, basically you upload it, uh, and you have a wave file of that kick or that hard kick, and then okay. uh, then you put it into your then you put it into your track, and then you got to also figure theory comes in into play too because if you don't know theory or anything like that, like what key you're in, uh, mm-hmm. the kick won't fit into your your track. So you also have to know a little bit of theory and composition into your producing wise it's so. interesting how like a, a, your chalice like and and then you have this theory you have a, you've le- learned a lot of theory and then all that goes into bass music hard bass music which people think oh they're just smashing like the software and going hard on it but there's yeah. there's there's i guess science there's some there's some theory behind this yeah actually it is because uh i find it very interesting and i I actually took in um i did take some classes i did uh take like these i think it's called master hard class uh they're really cool uh you get to uh buy the class 
and mm-hmm. uh, you get to pick your artists, basically whatever DJ you want or a producer you want. Mm-hmm. And uh, I already know them, uh, not personally, but I, I, I know their work and everything. It's just, I was like, I want to know what they think and how they work. How do they mm-hmm. produce and everything? How do they get it out there? How to like kind of pick their brain? Yeah. Kind of, kind of thing. So that's what I basically did. So I bought a class and I did um, D- DRS. Uh, he's an up-tempo uh, producer. And uh, that's like 200 to 300 BPM. Like this is going Ferrari oh, fast. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, oh, oh. it's going like crazy. Distort. I mean, the kick is like uh, destroying your speakers and everything. <laughs> so uh, I watched his class and it was pretty interesting. Uh, I know he got a little, um, uh, he got f- bad, bad feedback uh, from the hardcore community, but I mean, uh, I wasn't too like, like, oh yeah, he's right. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like how he thinks. I was just more of, more of the line like he's uh uh the way he was thinking and also producing wise made sense but there was some other stuff that was like i don't know if you could do that that kind of that doesn't look right in some way but uh he he was my first um lesson and then uh, i bought another one i bought another class with in virtual and his uh, instructions or his uh, class was very informal in how to build it, how to construct it, how to master it. Uh, so I learned a lot on that one. And then I did another one with Roller or Ruler. I did that one. And that one was very informal too. But he's more in the raw, raw style. That's a different. Mm-hmm different genre of um kind of kind of hard style but a little bit rougher in a way it's hard to explain because <laughs> uh in this community there's always something popping up uh-huh. so uh it's never like it never stays the same um it's just like there's somebody figures out something makes something and then it becomes like a mainstream and then a lot of talent just comes out of that one. And then now they made that into a genre. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then the hard style is like in the back burner. And then once somebody figures out something new, something interesting, then hard style comes back. And then raw style is like in the back burner. And then hardcore is kind of in the back burner. Somebody figures out a brand new kick or a brand new sound. Then hard sounds like the main, pre- main <laughs> premiere. So it's always like a back and forth thing uh, with the electronic music. Same with dubstep and uh, all that type of music. It, it's- like hard styles that I know, and you fully be free to correct me and tell me, no, that is not hard style or that's not this or that. But I know for sure, like two of them uh, drum and bass and gabber. <laughs> Well, Gabber, Gabber is actually kind of into the hardcore mainstream. Oh, okay. So Gabber, Gabber is actually kind of like, I would say, like kind of like the Godfather of hard style. It's kind of like mm-hmm. the beginning, getting into that 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 genre of music. Drum and bass is is its own little uh, entity, but they do use drum and bass. In the in the hardcore and hardstyle, um, I guess world in their tracks yeah. in their world, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it mostly hardstyle and hardcore is mostly you're just distort uh, distorting the the kick and everything else. So you're and just then, making it loud and just fast. <laughs> so you have all this knowledge. You have all this background. For someone that's pretty young, you know, I'd say you were you're someone that was exposed to music well, a know, lot. I don't know about young, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, and then you come, you become local a amp. And what would you say is your style? 
Like my style, I've been really like focusing on hardcore. That that was my goal. My goal mm-hmm. has always been to make my brand or my uh my name in the hardcore in the hardcore stream. And uh that has always been like my little dream, my little goal. Um, mm-hmm. to be with the big boys, the big, big boys in that field. Um, I, I mean, there's, um, a lot of competition in that, in that community, especially if you're going into that, that genre of music. But, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, if you just follow it, just go with it. And then surely, surely enough, somebody's going to recognize it, uh, and make a big, big thing out of it. What was the reaction from your dad, you know, who someone oh. who's a mariachi <laughs> instructor, very into string music from what I could tell, uh, and then uh, and then he hears you producing these hardcore uh, electronic yeah. music. Uh, there's uh, mixed feelings in that part. <laughs> he's, not, <laughs> he's, he's not a big fan of it, but I mean... I mean, he's a uh, he's he's in the music field. He knows what the the musicians musicians have to go through. Um, so he's not like like this is this is not right. This my kid sh- my kid shouldn't be playing this. I mean, he's more <laughs> like I don't understand it. But if you like it, go for it. Like do it. If you like that type of music, go for it. Do it. But he's still kind of like I don't understand it. Uh, it. All I hear is just distortion, loud. It's weird. I don't. I don't get it. So, but, but I mean, he 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 understands it, it, at first. The, the the one thing he kind of like didn't like didn't like <laughs> was um, when I got my first uh, turntables. Hmm. When I got my first turntables, that that was uh, I got backlash on that one. He was uh, like, "Oh he, God!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, "Oh, this is not good. This is not great." And so I, I had to explain to him, like, "Well, look, I, I wanted to, I wanted to try this. I'm not going to make it into a career, mm-hmm. uh, but if it does come to that point, I." I I would go learn it and make it into a career, but I'm not going to make it into my, my livelihood. You know, this is mm-hmm. just for fun. And I saved up, I saved up my money. I saved up everything. And then I bought my first turntables. Um, I think back in, I want to say 2000, ugh, 2000, Shoot, uh, I think it was in 2002 or 2003. That's when I bought mm-hmm. my first turntables. Um, I was helping my dad uh, substitute some kids, and I was getting paid. So I mm-hmm. kind of put that money to the side, and I was like, "I'm gonna get these. I'm gonna get these turntables. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna pull, <laughs> I'm gonna pull the trigger, and I'm gonna get it." And that's what I did. Uh, I, I uh, bought the turntables at Guitar Center, and then when I brought it home, my dad was like, "Oh God, oh no, this is, oh man, this is not gonna go well." So, but I, I explained to him, and then we came to grounds like, "Okay, well, if you you're right, you bought it with your own money. You do you, um, you do your thing." But at first, he was kind of like, "What are you doing? <laughs> you should say that money." <laughs> You should have saved that money for something else, but I, I I bought it, I pulled the trigger, and then I had to explain to him, like, hey, this is, it's uh, something I like, I want to try out and uh, learn from it and everything else. And, and then so, the producing started, Loco started going, um, so your style is hard. Do you remember that, the, the first tracks that you produced? Oh, you know, that's a very good question. Um, I think, I think I'm going to say back in my first year in, uh, I want to say first year in community college, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, my friends were here, um, my friends Nick and John, uh, but they were going to different different universities. One one was going to Marquette, and the other one was going. My other friend was going to Cor- Cornell, Cornell mm-hmm. University. So, uh, usually when they come back, we would like hang out and we would you know play video games and everything else. And then um, that's when I started producing like my very first track. And I showed it to them, and they were kind of like, oh, what the hell is this this music <laughs> at first? And I kind of had to explain to them, and then they were kind of like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm, start- I'm starting to like it now. Um, so uh, that was like my very first track. And I think I produced or I made, I think, like five tracks. And then one of them, one of them I I saved and I put them I put that one on SoundCloud. That, yeah. that one was like my very first um first track that I did with my friend and uh he voiced it and oh wow. Uh, so I got his voice and we made our first little like um well, back then, uh, in the festivals, they would make anthems for their certain festivals or certain years. So okay. the 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 festival will send uh, like a, I guess an invitation saying, "Hey, uh, we want you to make uh, a track uh, mm-hmm. for our festival." So uh, one of the big festivals was uh, DefCon. DefCon had so many genre music. And I think there was one in Australia, and there's another one in Germany, and they're um, they're pretty big. And DefCon is pretty big also, but has many events in between this big festival. So, mm-hmm. um, and they go by colors. So, obviously, uh, black is going to be hardcore. So. Um, <laughs> So whoever gets in, who whoever got the invitation to make the track or the anthem of the particular festival, um, somebody would remix it. So they would get the the original track, remix it in a different genre, and then Q um, Defcon would uh, put it in their album. So every time uh, they would produce a track or an album uh they had they had like a soft core one or like a techno version or like a a dubstep version of it and then the hardcore people would just like remix the shit out of it (laughs) and it it sounded really good so i was like oh i want to make an anthem but it's not going to be a festival anthem it's going to be mine it's going to be my anthem you know, mm-hmm. so I had I told my friend about it, and he was like, "Oh, I, I was writing a poem or a rhyme. Uh, you want me to uh, put it in your track?" So I said, "Yeah." So I bought. I also bought my first uh, Yeti mic, uh, blue Yeti mic, and uh, we tested it out, and I recorded him, and then I put it in my track, and I think it's. Uh, I think it's still in my SoundCloud. I, I don't think I ever deleted it, but, but right now it's like sitting at. I would say like 200 or 400 uh, listens. It's like an old track, <laughs> uh, but that that was like my very first uh, like little hardcore uh, anthem track that I just produced with a friend, and then it just progressed from there. And now you've done a lot more. I see you producing. I see on Instagram you post how you're working on your tracks and i see all this like software and you're going just hard at it and like all these progressions i guess i would say i'm not the most musically inclined person <laughs> well i i just like to post my my work you know just like kind of keep a timeline like mm-hmm. like just memories as far as like yeah memories of uh, like i did that now i can do something else mm-hmm. uh, so but yeah, I usually post all uh, my I post my work on uh, SoundCloud, uh, and then if it if it sounds good, uh, mm-hmm. I'll make a I'll make a 
a cover for it and then I'll start the process of putting it as a actual track for Spotify and any digital media. Uh, when it comes to like the mindset that you put yourself in when it comes to the hard music, I feel like a lot of people would think that you're very angry when you produce this type of music. <laughs> but it's really not. Uh, I mean, there's some there's some hardcore tracks that sound angry, and actually they're in like in a minor mode. Uh, but mm-hmm. but really, these guys are like the the most humble people you can talk to. Uh, I mean, I talked to. Uh, I'm trying to remember his Mark Core. He's like the most humble person. Uh, to talk to you on Instagram. I He's like the most friend. He looks gnarly, but I mean, <laughs> he's like the nicest person. And then uh, another, um, another person that I uh, talked to for a little bit, just communication wise, but not, we're not like personally like friends or anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, as um, who else? Little Texas. He's, He's an upcoming artist. Uh, he's he's coming up the ropes in hard, uh, hardcore. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I talked to him, and uh, he he's again he's the most humblest guy. He again he looks gnarly. He looks scary. <laughs> You're like, man, I don't think I want to talk to this guy. He looks like he's gonna beat my ass or something. <laughs> he's all tatted up and everything, but. If you talk to him and just like, hey, I like your work and everything else, he is like the most nicest person to talk to. He's 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 helping out like other artists, other talents. Um, he's been through it too, so he's also like helping other people out. Like, hey, you just keep following your dreams, keep doing what you're doing. You'll get there. It just takes time, um, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, most the hardcore community is actually humble people. They're really, really humble people. Um, the the music it just seems a little rough. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's like kind of like tough love. Tough <laughs> in the love. Music world. I like tough that. Tough love in the in the music world. <laughs> and uh, so, when it comes to that, you you've mentioned a lot of artists. Um, influence uh is there like obviously i'm pretty sure all those guys had influence on your style but also is there just like lifestyle things that also influence your music um no not really uh most most of the time when i'm gonna get into my creative mode into Mm -hmm. producing mode um it's just a thought it's like when I'm at work and I'm thinking of something or I heard something because um, mm-hmm. for me, I, I like to listen to that type of music and analyze it. Like, how did they how did they get that sound? How did they um, kind of like dissecting the whole track? And then uh, I'll start from end to finish and then I'll go home or I'll be listening in into the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll just like memorize it from beginning to end. And I'll be like, okay, so how did he, how did he or she, you know, produce this track in a way to make it energetic or how did they add this like really nice melodic line to their kind of, even though it's a heavy track, some of them actually have, you know, real beautiful orchestral parts to it. So it's kind of makes you kind of wonder, like, how do they do that? How do they? So I just go in the mindset of just like, well, let's try this sound, see how it goes. And if I don't like it, then I can switch it up into something else. And then sometimes it kind of it does play into the mood, too. Like, am I a little depressed am i a little happy if i'm happy then i'll make a little a little happy sound to my track if i'm a little down maybe maybe my track will have a little meaning to it um but 
most of the time my tracks are pretty much like in a happy happy is just I just like that hard kick. I need I need <laughs> to add that hard kick. You just want that action there, like that hard yeah, that love. <laughs> yeah. Um do people get surprised when they they see the type of music you produce? Because you, you know, I know you. You're a very happy guy. You know, you're a very positive guy. And then, like, I produce this type of music. And <laughs> uh, some people think, yeah, I think some people think it's kind of weird, like a happy, happy go lucky guy like myself, uh, produce like this angry, uh, hard music. <laughs> And, uh, and I had some, you know, I had some family members come up to me like, are you okay? Are you, are you going through <laughs> And it's like, no, I just like, I just like it. I just like that, like, mm-hmm. blast in your face type of stuff, you know? Um, so they're, they're like, okay, that's, that's Andy. That's, that's what he likes. So then we're not too worried about him. So, but yeah, my, uh. I had some family members like kind of question it, like, "Hey, mm-hmm. uh, are you okay?" And <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, I'm alright. This is like, this is my music. This is my my outlet, basically, my outlet to kind of express uh, a little bit of how I feel sometimes, but also I I I like to share my 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 thoughts, my creativity into into the music." Ooh, can you like? let us a little into behind the curtain into your process when it comes to producing your tracks like just so, how you go about it how do i go about it yeah like are you are you saying like how i build it or uh just anything like if, if you have a, like a just general outline of what you do or if you want to get technical so, with it you know usually 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 when I start, um, everything's blank. So mm-hmm. whatever DAW you're working on, digital workstation in in dummy terms. Um, <laughs> uh, if you if you're working on FL Studios, Cubase, Logic, um, some other software that you build your your or composition. Um, Usually, I start with a clean, clean slate. So that means no effects, no anything. the The only effect that's uh, I usually leave on is the limiter, because well, because we're dealing with hard kicks, uh, it's gonna blast, blast in your face. So um, when I start a new project, I first have to figure out what I'm gonna do as far as what is the melody I'm looking for? Uh, what type of feeling I'm looking for? And then how fast I'm going? Um, because some tracks can go from, especially in the hardcore community, it's usually going to run about 175 BPM to, I would say, about 600 BPM, depending on. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it really it really depends on who's who's producing this and what style you're you're wanting. Mm-hmm. So um, my my comfort point <laughs> is usually about 175 to uh, about uh, give or take maybe two 250 or 300. Um, but I, right now I'm in the process of making a, another track. Um, uh, that's kind of out of my comfort zone, but I really, really like it at the moment. Uh, so it's about uh, 340. So that that's a little that's a little out there for me, but I'm like I really like it. I really, really like it. So I want to stick with it. So, but um, yeah. So first you gotta have a new new project. Figure out what um, what your melodies are going to be, what your sounds are going to be, and then uh, set the tempo. You got to set the tempo. Um, once you set the tempo, that's when you're going to start going into your creative mode. So for me, um, there's kind of like a process. I have to go through my kicks to see what what kicks I have that will fit mm-hmm. with with my 
with my melody. Because sometimes, again, if you if your kick is in G and you're in F, that's that's just not going to fit at all. So you also have to know what your sounds fit together. So I'll I'm go through my sorry. library. Uh, yeah, I'll go going through my library of kicks that I made or I found from uh, um, different different guys or different producers. They they sell their their um, their packs, their mm-hmm. uh, presets and everything. So I like to dabble into that. Like I'll I'll buy their packs and then. And then I'll just go through them, and then like I like that sound, but it needs some work. I I, I want to add my own sauce twist to it. it, twist to it. So in in this type of field, you, your production is gonna be kick building, basically. <laughs> your whole day is just gonna be building and uh, figuring out what kick you you like. It's it's. It'll take a day, a month, just to figure out what kick you like. And then if you like it, then you bounce it, you put it in your library, you put it wherever file you want to put it in. Mm -hmm. And then once you're done with that, then you go into your creative mode of like, okay, uh, I built the kick, now I need to build my melody. And uh, that's where it just goes from there. And then mm-hmm. once you're done, you kind of want to listen through it. Uh, rule of thumb for all all producers or all amateurs is to listen to your track through speakers, through your phone, through your car, car speakers, because um, different frequencies, because you're dealing with a lot of distortion and a lot of EQing, uh, it does... Uh, affect the kick and it does uh affect the the track or your sound not everyone has studio monitors exactly exactly so the rule of thumb is to uh listen to your track through your your speakers if you have shitty speakers (laughs) listen through those too um headphones uh your cell phone your phone uh, test the speakers on that one. Uh, also test it on in your car, and if it sounds good in all places, then then that's when you uh, you finalize it. Basically, you set it out for for uh, to be listened to other people. You put uh, it on the for sound me, cloud. For me, yeah. Well, for 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 me, if it sounds good and it 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 does all the does the check check marks then I'll, I'll i'll put it on to the actual social social media or digital oh, media okay. but for soundcloud that's kind of like my like i did this like in three days here you go here's here's, <laughs> a, here's a track um, but the ones that i usually like spend like a week or two weeks or even a month because again i work um those tracks usually uh, I would go through that process. And then once they sound good, then I'll put it in the social, uh, the, the social media. One thing that I've also seen is that in your, in your SoundCloud, your music has a pretty big reach, uh, international wise. Like I, like it's crazy how far your music has gone. Uh, I am surprised too. <laughs> I'm always surprised, but it, it's it, it's kind of comforting though, because I usually do check my SoundCloud uh, account and then I'll go through the insights, like mm-hmm. seeing what who listened to it. Uh, I'm always interested, like, oh, a guy from Australia listened to it. Oh, that's cool. And I would check his account, and sometimes they they don't even have music on theirs. They're just a, a person. Mm-hmm. Or there's actual, you know, other other artists listening in too. So I would check in and then I would check out their sound. And then if I like them, I'll follow. If I'm like, no, nah, no, then I just <laughs> go to the, go to the next person. But I mean, but, but I mean, the the people on here uh, on SoundCloud, 
I mean, you get a lot of a lot of different places. I mean, my songs have gone to Australia. They've gone to uh, Germany. All over Europe. Okay, all uh, over Europe. But that's a big thing in Europe, though. Mm-hmm. That that type of music. So that, when I see that, that I'm like, I know I'm doing good. If if they're <laughs> if, if it's just one person from from the European part, I'm happy. If it's, <laughs> A hundred of them listening to it, I'm even more happy. But I mean, but uh, if I get those those type of fans then or listeners, then I, I, I'm a happy camper. Uh, but usually, when I see it on the on the United States side, that's also a plus for me too because you know, uh, hardcore is not really like as popular it, here it's not popular here it, it to my uh to some people it is uh but that's like a small majority uh the way i'm seeing it but as far when's, as if i get like i would say like 10 people here in the united states then i'm like hey i'm doing something good um <laughs> but if i'm getting like 100 people or 10 people or one person listening in from europe that that just makes my day uh, have you uh, well, like how you worked with your friend? Have have you had any collabs recently? Or uh, no, I've or been wanting to. I've been you, so wanting to do so, uh, some collabs. It's just right now. It's just not a perfect time to do it. Yeah, um, but um, I haven't. Uh, I've been wanting to collab with certain people. It's just <laughs> I think. Um, me personally, I, I don't think I, uh, I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I'm a, little, <laughs> a little scared and a little nervous. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I should do this. I don't know what will happen. I'm new to this. I'm new to the collab part. Uh, I don't know what, I don't know the recoil. I don't know what to do. Uh, when, I don't know if it's business type. Uh, I don't know. When it comes to the collab in the hardcore community, do you mean like, you guys both work on a track or do you find someone to maybe do vocals on your track or what type you know, of that's that is the same question i asked myself too <laughs> <laughs> i asked myself i asked the same question but i mean i mean the way it kind of looks like is i guess if you guys are both um both new or both uh in the um i mean just starting off and just want to like collab with each other i think that works i think that works out um but i mean if you're talking to a high caliber person and you're only like i don't know like a hundred and something fans or Mm -hmm. uh small and you're trying to work big i mean kudos to you if you're working with a big uh a, a, a famous person that's some really good networking skills you got yeah, there. This, this is very good. I, I wish I had that. I, I think I do, but I just I, I I'm a little scared to to pull that trigger because <laughs> I don't know I I don't know how they work and then if they're big like that I don't know I don't know mm-hmm. how they um how their process of collaborating. But I mean, if it's like with. Uh, smaller people i think there's a way to kind of work together as far as like vocals you can send raw raw vocals over and we we know our art so we know Mm -hmm. how to master and also tweak some stuff so if you have you brought in a horrible singer we know how to you know (laughs) to work it we have (laughs) we have the plugins to help you out to make you sound we have the the plugins to do it yeah the plugins to do it oh my god um what do you hope for you know you said for you this is just a hobby uh but you know i know you're producing great music right now and and you hope to collab but any other things that you hope to or future projects you have in mind um i think this year or trying to finish up in this year of 2020 <laughs> is just to at least um, make another track um, 
that's a little out of my comfort zone, but take the skills that I learned so far and um, kind of show showcase it, kind of like show it or demo it to, because actually my goal is to actually send some tracks to labels and um, uh, certain certain producers. Actually, mm-hmm. take that plunge because I've been wanting to do that for quite a while. But uh, just some of my tracks are—I think I'm kind of overthinking it. But some of my tracks are not—I uh, don't think they're there. So, um, but my goal is to at least work, learn, and then if it sounds good, I'm happy. Then, then I'll—I would take the plunge of at least sending it to a to to a producer or to a label, uh, the demo. That's my goal for at least 2020 going into 2021. Um, Did it occurs? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, for at least 2021, I think I'm going to start looking more into, again, demos and also starting producing a track. Um, probably um, I'm looking for, looking into probably making another album another little album to make again because i did that i've been wanting to make an album and i i i reached that goal i did that album mm-hmm. and then i wanted to make another uh i made another one but that one was actually uh for a video game uh upcoming video game and they were looking for um sound designers and uh uh, some somebody to compose for their uh, for their up indie game. So my friend sent me oh, a cool. text. Yeah, my friend sent me a text, and he was like, "Hey, you you want to you want to do this? Just give it a shot, man." And I was like, "Okay." So I did it, and that track, I did like f- uh, like five tracks. I did like five entries because they gave you like five times. Mm-hmm. You can only do it five times. So I did one. That one did kind of everybody liked that one, but I think it didn't fit with the theme of the of the game. So I did another one, but I was kind of like goofing around, kind of almost mm-hmm. like I'm gonna send this one. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> send this one, and then I got to my last like Entry. two more entries, two more entries, and then I was like, okay, time to get serious, not to really, really like put on my my game face. Like mm-hmm. really show my colors, you know, like what I can do. And then I did the fourth one, and that one was like, yeah, okay. Um, but the last one that I did, uh, that one like took off. Like everybody liked that one. Um, that kind of fit the theme. But the only thing was that uh, because I'm up against everybody else who's doing the entry. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, most of them were really good too, so I was like, "Well, I don't know, I don't know if my track is gonna get there." So next day, I know it made honorable mention, so I was very happy. Nice. With that. So once once I saw that, I was like, "You know what I'm gonna do?" Because it didn't make it into into the video game. I mean, it's honorable mention. Just for the people who liked my tracks, I'm gonna make an album. So I put it on Spotify and everything, so those guys can take a listen if they like the music. They have, you know, they have it in hand. You know, mm-hmm. so I was generous on that one. And then I think after that one, I did another little album. Um, I think that one was just like a goof, goofing around. Just <laughs> like I just want to make something, just put it out there. Um, so that one kind of did okay, but n- nothing compared to the video game one, the little album one. I, I guess it's a balance for you with, uh, and for like a lot of artists when it comes to, you know, you just have to put yourself out there and try stuff mm-hmm. like competition. But at the same time, you have such high standards for yourself because you have all this theory, this, 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 this ideas in mind that you're like well this and that and that and this yeah yeah so it's balancing both of like well it's not perfect but i also need to like put myself out there at the same time yeah that's like the most hardest thing um especially if you're an artist or upcoming artists or indie artists 
or whatever you want to <laughs> name yourself. But I mean, it's very hard uh, because you're against. It's kind of like interviewing, like interviewing for a job. You're up against like all these other people, um, and you you just got you just came out of college. You have your degree, and then you go for this interview, and then this person already has a doctorate. They already know the field, and then you have another person who's like also well experienced and everything and then you go in the mm. interview and then they, they again you're up against uh elitists you know, uh, people who are already been <laughs> in the field um but but to those i would say not to get discouraged because there's there's still an opportunity to get known um just for me, I think, yeah, that balance, you have to do kind of do a balancing act with, uh, like, um, is it perfect? Or, mm-hmm. or should I post it and see what happens? Um, I, I, yeah, you're right. You do have to kind of balance that. But I, I feel that you can also kind of still kind of work at it in a way. Well, I I think we'll leave it at that great lesson right there. Uh, I want to thank you for being on the show. No problem, man. It, no problem. It was it was very educational, very <laughs> very insightful when it comes to hard style, which I hope a lot of people will at least give it a try now. Do you? Um, and they hope <laughs> I hope they try your music as their introduction to hard style. Um, do you want to shout out your stuff where people can listen to you um, and follow you and find you? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I am on SoundCloud. Just basically do put DJ Loco Amp. Um, when you're going to put Amp, just remember to put A.M.P. Um, just a little hint. That is actually my initials. Um, oh, that's so cool! So that is that is my initials. So when you look at the logo and see Loco Amp, the the Amp is actually the my initials. So uh, yeah, just basically, you can find me on uh, Instagram, Twitter. Um, Twitter, on the other hand, I think my um, Twitter is like Amp three three nine seven or something like that. I'm probably gonna have to look at that. But yeah, I'm on I'm on Instagram. Um, also on Twitter, Twitch. Um, sometimes on Twitch. I haven't been consistent on that on that either. Um, Don't worry, but, I haven't either. Streaming <laughs> <laughs> is streaming uh, is hard. Like, I, I I mean it, man. Um, <laughs> SoundCloud. Um, and you can also find my work on uh, Apple, um, iTunes, Google Play. Um, also. Um, uh, Spotify. Yeah, amazing. Check out his tracks. Your latest album. What was the name of it? Oh, my latest track that came out is called Anything. There you so go. That one. That one. Actually, I was so proud of that one uh, when I first did it and produced it. Um, funny thing was on that track was I'm not a big fan of sampling stuff sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of, again, I'm kind of scared and nervous to do stuff like that. And I've been seeing on uh, a lot of channels, YouTube channels, tutorials, they're like mm-hmm. splice, go to splice recordings. They're free, free royalty, you know, samples, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's a monthly thing. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pull the trigger and see what the big deal is. Yeah. So I did it. And, uh, the, the vocals are and all I did was just basically um, alternated it, uh, added some effects, and it came out real. Uh, to me, it comes out really good. Um, and then I got to use my uh, teachings um, or the lessons that I have been taking um, onto that track too. So the, those kicks were actually homemade, homebrewed by your boy. There you so, go. So I was very happy with that track. So I was very proud of it. 
Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and thank you, the listener, for turning tuning into this episode of Your Way with Noe. And just as a reminder, this episode of Your Way with Noe is available on all podcast streaming services such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music, as well as a video version of this episode will be available on YouTube. Actually, for <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, 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 I'm a, I haven't shaved either. Or there too. I haven't shaved either. This COVID thing, man. This COVID. I know. COVID, man. <laughs> Hopefully, it ends soon. Uh, you can follow me and my ugly beard too. Uh, at Yo Soy No Way No Way on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and uh, like I said, you could. Uh, chat with me on Twitch. I'll try to be more consistent. <laughs> Streaming is hard. Um, I would like to just thank uh, thank Loco once again for being on the show. No my name is My name is Noe, and this has been DJ Loco Amp's way. Thank you. <laughs>